The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the Founder. I'm in the midst of wrapping up a series. I have this show and one more show to teach how to use your 12 gifts from God, which is based upon the book of the same name by William Warch. Basically, the concept is understanding what Charles Fillmore called the 12 powers of the 12 powers of man. William Warch calls the 12 gifts. And if you go back and listen to the previous shows, I have covered all of the uh, I've covered 10 gifts of God so far, 10 uh, spiritual abilities. It's another way of saying it, 10 faculties. And I have two more to go, uh, elimination or renunciation today and life tomorrow. I mean, excuse me, not tomorrow, next Wednesday. So we're going to get right into it. We're teaching the chapter on renunciation in the book, How to Use Your 12 Gifts from God. Now, I'm going to read the preview out of the book, How to Use Your 12 Gifts from God, and then I'm going to jump to some other resources, and then I'm going to come back to the book because I want to really give an overview of this uh, faculty because one of the things that I've been trying to drill home in these podcasts, this online radio show, is that the concept of the 12 powers really teaches us how total consciousness works. See, when we look at it from the standpoint of when I studied the 12 powers, I learned how my consciousness works. It gives you a different way of looking at it. As I uh, taught in the first episode on how to use the 12 gifts from God, that the spiritual gifts or faculties or powers, as Fillmore calls them, work at the three levels of your being, spirit, soul, body. At the spirit level, they're divine ideas. At the soul level, they're mental faculties. At the uh, at the level of body, they express through certain areas of the body. In other words, they become active and they affect certain parts of the body as well. And I gave all of the background information on that. You can go back and listen to the very first show. I give the overview. I talk about spirit, soul, body. I talk about the structure of the soul. 
et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not going to teach that over again, but I want to remind you oh, yet again that this is a, a series that you really need to get a grasp on because if you can get this concept, you can really run. The other thing is that these 12 faculties, powers, or gifts are associated with the 12 disciples of Jesus in the Old Testament with the sons of Jacob. Now, getting to the book, page 86, it states, renunciation is your ability to release negative thoughts, feelings, and beliefs from your consciousness. Renunciation is your ability to give a no response to negativity. Renunciation is your ability to forgive and release others. Renunciation creates a vacuum. Renunciation is entirely is entirely an inner process. Now, I'm going to leave that there because I'm going to come back to it. And I want to read this definition out of the revealing word on page 167 for renunciation. And it states, renunciation, a letting go of old thoughts in order that new thoughts may find place in consciousness. A healthy state of mind is attained when the thinker willingly lets go the old thoughts and takes on the new. This is illustrated by the inlet and outlet of a pool of water. The center of renunciation, sometimes called elimination, in the lower part of the abdomen carries forward the work of elimination of error thoughts from the mind and waste from the body. Now, I'm going to go back up and try to undress this statement. First of all, it's a letting go. Renunciation comes from the same root as renounce. A letting go of old thoughts in order that new thoughts may find place in consciousness. So, in other words, we're not trying to build on something old. Jesus said you can't put new wine in old wineskins. The Apostle Paul taught that in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we have to let go of the old thoughts, the old paradigm, the old context, those old beliefs, those old emotions, those old stories. Not anything that is holding you in your past and not and robbing you of your present and your future need to go so you can get some new thoughts. Thoughts that empower you. Thoughts of love, thoughts of peace, thoughts of prosperity, thoughts of joy, thoughts of harmony, thoughts of divine order. Then he goes on to say a healthy state of mind is attained when the thinker willingly lets go of all thoughts and takes on the new. Now, this is key. A healthy state of mind because you're going to have a state of mind one way or another. But a healthy state of mind is only attained when the thinker is willing See, but if you're fighting the process, if if you're holding on to the pain, you're holding on to your past, you're holding on to your prejudices and biases and and I don't like this person and they did this and you don't know what it means to have gone through that and and your soul is trying to lead you out of it to think a new thought, to see a new way. That you're fighting against yourself. So even when you know that God is leading you somewhere and you refuse to go there willingly, you won't have a healthy state of mind. You'll be kicking and screaming the whole way. 
Some people just have to have their negative past. They have to have their old ways because the personality is so wrapped up into who we think we are. That's why some people call the ego edging God out. Now, according to New Thought, that personality has to be transformed so it can reflect the spirit. But right now, we are so caught up in the human experience that we think that everything about us is only connected to what I mentioned earlier, our likes, dislikes, our biases, our prejudices, you know, and and, and all of our backstory. So so you can be willing or willful, but you'll get the consequences of either one. And then he says, this is illustrated by the inlet and outlet of a pool of water. In other words, when things just sit like water, there's stagnation. There's stagnation. It should be a free flow of that which of thoughts and feelings and beliefs and when they've served their purpose or if they've never served their purpose and you've outgrown them, you move them aside and you accept the newness of God showing up in your experience. A good question to ask yourself is how is God showing up new in my life? How is God showing up new in my life? Now, if you really have to wrestle with that, you really can't say how that is happening or if that is happening, then you have to ask yourself the question, am I willing to allow God to show up new in my life? Am I willing to allow God to show up new in my life? Because if God is showing up new in your life, that means some things have to change. If God is showing up new in your life, that means some things have to be let go. If God is showing up new in your life, that means some things have been transformed. If God is showing up new in your life, that means you got to do some different things. If God is showing up new in your life, you got to you have to literally have to forgive and, and learn how to reevaluate how you see life. If God is showing up new in your life, you will see life differently. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall see God. Now, still in the process of using resources. This is actually from the book, The Twelve Powers of Man by Charles Fillmore under the chapter on renunciation. He states that a change of mind affects a corresponding change in the body. If the thoughts are lifted up, the whole organism is raised to higher rates of vibration. If the system has been burdened with congestion of any kind, a higher life energy will set it into universal freedom. But there must be a renunciation or letting go of old thoughts before the new can find place in the consciousness. And that's really good. A change of mind affects a corresponding change in the body. So am I, and the body is not just your physical body, but it could be your environmental body. In other words, everything that's connected to your physicality, 
your physical body could be relationships, jobs, money, home, friends, family, etc. But it still holds true. A change of mind affects a corresponding change in the body. But if it's congestion in any of those areas, that means you need to renounce. So you renounce the belief that any of those things have power over over you. You have to renounce your own thoughts, your own beliefs, your own emotions that are trying to pull your attention into the direction that you don't want to go. So that higher life energy, as he calls it, can can bring new life into your experience. But the first thing you need to do is renounce the old. This is what is stated in Ezekiel when he says, son of man, can these bones live? And he spoke the word to the bones and the bones start coming together and flesh on sinew and et cetera. It's an allegorical story, but it's a beautiful vision because what it's saying is even when it looks dead, when you introduce the higher life energy to something, when you introduce God consciousness, when you introduce Christ awareness, when you introduce this super conscious awareness, when you, as as they would say in the old church, when the Holy Spirit descends, it's all saying the same thing. It gives new life to a thing. Then he goes on to say, why does this work? He says, all those who go deeply enough into the study of mind agree perfectly on the fundamentals. One of which is that the universe originated in mind was projected into action by thought and is being sustained by mind power. Mm. And so not just the universe, my universe originated in mind is projected into action by thought and being sustained by my mind power. Mm. All right. A couple more things from this book, and then I'm going to take a break, and then we'll get into one other resource and how to use your 12 gifts from God. Trying to move along and give you as much good stuff as I possibly can in a short amount of time, the, the one hour we have. He goes on to say, thoughts are things. They occupy space in the mental field. Now, that's we need to stop right there because basically what he's saying is that if thoughts are things and they occupy space in the mental field, that means that when you are holding on to the old thoughts, it's similar to holding on, eating food and not allowing your digestive system to eliminate it. Picture all you did was eat, eat eat, eat, and it would never eliminate. You would physically die. Well, he states that the mind, like the bowels, should be open and free. How do you do that? He says, it is found by metaphysicians that praise and thanksgiving are laxatives uh, laxatives of efficiency and that their cleansing work not only frees the mind of egotism, but also cleanses the body. Uh, so, so it's important for us to realize that if we're thinking the same type of thoughts and there's no newness in being introduced into the soul consciousness, 
the 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 soul is not getting what it needs to be healthy. It's being congested and bogged down with old thoughts, old ways. Emmett Fox, who was a strong believer, a new thought leader who was a strong, strong believer and teacher in reincarnation, believed that the reason why people live a lifetime and then move on and have to come back, pick up bodies and all that type of stuff was we would get so stuck in our personalities, our ways of being, our, our and this is who I am, and this is how I do things, and this is what I believe, and our backstories, and our past, and our na- nationality, and our ethnic background, and our gender, and age, and all, religion, and all this other stuff, that after a while, the soul literally stops evolving to, to the point to where it needs to drop the body so it can start over fresh because it has connected to so many attachments the attachments doesn't allow the soul to continue to evolve in the way it needs to to grow that might be true maybe maybe not it's worth it's worth thinking about though because what that does do is makes me say well if that is true then i have to be in the continual process of allowing in this incarnation for my soul to evolve, to grow, to learn new things, because when the soul gets to the point where it can't do anything else in this body, it'll drop it and keep it moving. Or because I'm unwilling to learn new things and I don't take care of my body, my body will force me out because I don't take care of it. You know, we call that illness and all type of other things that go along with that. And I'm not going to get deeply, deeply into um, some of Fillmore's other concepts in this particular chapter. But I do want to get hit one more thing. He says that the beliefs that you and your ancestors have held in mind have become thought current so strong their course in you can be changed only by your resolute decision to entertain them no longer, which means you have to let go of the story. See, these ways of thinking, believing and speaking and acting are, are so ingrained in society, so ingrained in our cultures, so ingrained in our families that we really have to be resolute in our decisions and our decision that it will, I will not live this way, I will not think this way, I will not be this way. So, it's coming up on our first break. Let me break away for a moment. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. What if you could experience vibrant health? help heal the planet 
and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. Are you saying to yourself, I'm going to focus on me starting Monday, or right after the holidays, or on my next birthday? Well, we are here to say, don't wait another moment. Your health is the most important gift you have for yourself and those you love. Start now to become a more vibrant, healthy human being. Take that critical first step and join us every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central on Awaken to Your Best Health. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm teaching how to use your 12 gifts from God by William Warch, and I'm using now another resource, uh, Your God-Given Potential by Winifred Wilkerson Hausman on her chapter on, the, on renunciation. She calls it Let Go and Grow, and she gives the example about Lot's wife looking back and getting stuck and and what she wrote basically is this mentally she was trying to hold on to the past with all its negation and her whole being was preserved in limitation as a result of it in other words because she looked back and was told not to look back she got stuck in that what she looked back at all right now moving on she goes on to say that Circulation is the law of life in the physical body. It is the law of prosperity in affairs. So for the physical body to work, there must be circulation. Water goes in, water goes out, food goes in, food goes out. The blood circulates in and back away from the heart, back to the heart to get renewed with oxygen to go back again, et cetera, et cetera. It's circulation. It's free flow. There's energy movement in all things. And when things are stagnant, that's when lack appears. That's when sickness appears. That's when negation appears. All right. She goes on to say that not only are we to let go of all thoughts which are not in keeping with divine concepts, this is page one forty eight, such as fear, doubt, and worry, but we are all but we are to relinquish thoughts, concepts, and feelings which have been outgrown, even though they once served a useful purpose in our lives. From the story, it would seem that Lot's wife loved her home and regretted leaving behind her material possessions. Her friends 
and her memories. But the fact she looked back instead of forward meant she was not ready for a for her greater good to come. Um, if you're looking back only, that means you're not projecting good for your future. See one of the see one of the things that I believe really holds true is that when you start to study truth, it gives you your present back so you can project your future. When people start making future plans, I'm going to do this. I'm going to have that, et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't give your mind something to aim at. So basically you're just kind of driving around. It's like driving around the town with no navigation, no map. You don't know where you're going, but you're wasting your gas. You're stopping to get gas at every stop. In other words, you're using your energy, you're using your mind, you're using your body, you're getting up working every day, you're taking care of the family, you're doing it, whatever, but there's no projection. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? What goals do you want to achieve? What experiences do you want to have? Project. See, but when you don't believe, if, you, if you're stuck in your past or you're stuck in your problems, you won't project. This is why it's necessary to eliminate that stuff so you can think clearly, so you can project where you want to go in life. You know, um, you know, I could, you know, remember telling somebody years ago when they were telling me uh, um, uh, someone that they knew was engaged for like five years. And I said, they're not engaged. That's dating. Engagement is for five years. And, you know, an engagement is, when, if, if a person gets engaged, they should be within a very short amount of time, at least from his, my history of actually officiating weddings, and I've done many, is you're actually projecting in the near future the day that you will become married. So if that's the case, an engagement with no date is not an engagement. It's just conversation. With a ring, potentially. So, so, but you can make an engagement with anything. You can make an engagement with a vacation, dream vacation. You can make an engagement with, with the type of life you want to have. Um, you know, Jack Canfield talks about in the book Success Principles how um, he went to a party where everybody showed up to the party as the person they want to be in five years. That's projection. That's projection. Who who do you want to be in five years? What experiences do you want to look back and say, I did that in five years? What type of, how do you want to love? How do you want to live? Who do you want to help? What do you want to attain? What do you want to accomplish? What would satisfy your soul? What would give you a sense of purpose? And remember, a a goal is a dream with a deadline. All right. Now let's get to the actual book I'm supposed to be teaching, How to Use Your 12 Gifts from God. It states, renunciation has two main functions in your consciousness. They are both related to keeping your consciousness pure and uncluttered. These two functions are the avoiding of negativity and the elimination of negativity. All right. 
Renunciation is your ability to eliminate negative thoughts, feelings, and beliefs from your consciousness. So you have the ability as a gift to eliminate thoughts, feelings, and beliefs from consciousness. And what this is really saying is thought, it is byproducts of feelings and beliefs because beliefs are just the things you accept it as true. Thought is mental vibrational impulse. So renunciation is your ability, your power to eliminate this negative mental energy from your consciousness. That's key. Nothing that you're in can hold you down. You can dissolve it. How does that work? He says on the next page. Your gift of renunciation takes things out of existence. Everything that is in existence has been brought forth through the affirmative power of faith or belief. It is drawn into existence from invisible spiritual energy, or we call substance. Renunciation does just the opposite. It takes it from existence back to harmless creative energy. So when you start to renounce a thing, you start to dissolve it in consciousness. That's key. And as I read earlier with the Fillmore quote, when he says, when he said, excuse me, in the 12 powers of man about the the change of mind, a change of mind affects a corresponding change in the body. So if I change it in my mind, it will change in my life, world, and affairs. Even if primarily the, the only thing that initially changes or shifts is my perception of it, which then gives me the access to opportunities, possibilities that did not exist before my perception shifted. It goes on to say, when someone, when something negative is removed from existence, it is called a cleansing of consciousness. Bible symbology illustrates this with the flood of Noah and the parting of the Red Sea. The flood took with it all the impurities of the world and the closing of the sea removed all threats. This is why water baptism is used in preparation for the receiving of the Holy Spirit. Now, in New Thought, we don't literally use the water. We recognize the symbol. But get the point. It's a movie out now with Russell Crowe about the Noah and the flood. Now, taken literally, God is upset with humanity, so he's going to flood all of humanity except for this righteous guy and his family and two animals of every kind. It's an implausible story. It's allegorical. It's not historically true. But symbolically, it's talking about when, when the soul has gotten to the place to where it is so out of alignment with divine law and divine order that for lack of terms, the renunciation becomes a systems reboot. And sometimes the systems reboot is you leaving the body. That can happen. So you know what? We've gone as far as we can go in this experience. Let's keep it moving. Sometimes the, the series, the, the reboot is everything you thought you knew 
that was solid gets turned over on a dime. But when the water settles, in other words, once the transformation of conscious, the cleansing rather of consciousness is complete, then you can build life differently. You can create new opportunities. But that all had to be cleansed out first. But when you do it willingly and consciously, start to renounce the old thoughts, the old beliefs through processes like forgiveness, through processes like thanking you're good, praising you're good, through processes like denials. Denials are important. You know, in this book, every chapter he gives a denial and an affirmation for each gift. Through the power of conscious denial, you renounce and dissolve that which you don't want in your experience. But it takes mental discipline. You know, it's not, okay, I've been thinking this way my whole life, and I'm going to say three denials, and that's going to be it. Could that happen? Possible. Likely to happen? Not. Unless you can reach the level of consciousness to where you can literally see the breakthrough. And if you can see the breakthrough, you can walk through it. All right. He goes on to say, there was a great turmoil, great deal of turmoil preceding the flood and the closing of the sea. Therefore, if there is a great deal of current turmoil in your life to the point that you feel overwhelmed, it is time for you to let go and let God. If you do, you will experience a personal cleansing and your life will have new meaning. Negative forms will weaken in structure until they are reduced and returned to pure potential, which is waiting to be brought back into existence for good. So if life is going haywire for you right now, it's time for you to let go. If life isn't, if it's aspects of your life that are broken, not functional, not giving you what you desire, it's time for you to let go and let God pray and surrender. Pray and surrender. Even if you have to say, deny the power of whatever it is, I release and let go all beliefs in da 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 whatever it is. I deny what da 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 whatever that might be. He says it in the book, nothing unwanted needs to remain in my consciousness and life experience. It can be I surrender all. Then you work with the will faculty, not my will. Your will be done. I forgive, I release, I let go, and I let God. It doesn't have to be my way. I only want to do it God's way. You can even say, God, remove from my soul consciousness all things out of alignment with your perfect will. And you just pray it over. And over and over and over again. What are you doing? You're surrendering. You're letting go. 
Stop trying to manipulate it and fix it and patch it and band-aid it and pray. Forgive. Let go. Surrender. Pray. Forgive. Let go. Surrender. That same personality, that same ego mind is the, what got you in the problem in the first place. Or if it, and even if it, you say, well, I didn't create this, not this, that, another, and I won't have, I'm not going to drill down into the metaphysics of that. All I'll say is, so what? Now, now what? What are you going to do now that you're in the midst of it? Still have to let it go. So you can dissolve it in consciousness. So you can dissolve it in consciousness. All right. I just want to remind you that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So as you have freely received, freely give, you can click on the donate button to support Unity. So we can continue through this show and the other shows on Unity Online Radio to send this empowering message around the world. Anybody with a cell phone can have access to all of the shows on Unity Online Radio through the Internet or through the podcast that are downloaded later because every episode of this show and the other shows are on iTunes for free. That's important. On Stitcher, you can go to the website and download them. All of these things are important. But to be able to make sure we take care of the expenses of the ministry, we need your support. So please make sure that if, you have, if you're getting something from this ministry, make sure that you uh, show that in your giving. Also want to remind you that this, uh, that I have a Facebook page, Truth Transforms, with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you're on Facebook. Like the page. I share positive, inspiring things and videos, quotes, etc. And it's you know, share it. Let people know about it. And, you know, I post the shows and things like that. Share it so people know about it. I want to remind you that um, the you can go to Christ Universal Temple uh, website. The website is uh, www.cutemple.org. www.cut org. Check us out. Uh, the Universal Foundation for Better Living is having this panorama of truth July 23rd through the 27th in Chicago. I'm one of the presenters. Get the information at www.ufbl.org. Uh, and for those listeners that are in the Chicagoland area, Christ Universal Temple on Good Friday uh, doors opening at six is having a, a, a gospel concert and Donnie McClurkin will be coming along with some other people that will be pre- presenting singing with uh, uh, our pastor uh, Reverend Derek B. Wells and the legacy which is our a combined choir that we put our uh, music CD out with but anyway that's a lot of information I just wanted to make sure you have it we're going to take our last break and we'll be right back with Truth Transforms What if you could transform your finances and energy level? 
Go from lack to lots, from low energy to high energy. What if it only took five minutes every day? Would you do it? Shift your patterns by listening to Jane's daily inspiring and life-changing messages. Join her global community online at www.ultimateprosperityplanners.com. Prosperity Jane, your personal prosperity cheerleader. of spiritually conscious living start now for a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential tune in to the yoga hour living the eternal way with yogacharya ellen grace o'brien every thursday morning at 10 a.m central 8 a.m pacific only on unity online radio the voice of an awakening world been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Hi, and welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm teaching out of the book, How to Use the Twelve Gifts from God. I'm on page 88 now. It states that It is always important to remember that negative conditions have no choice, but you do. By choosing to avoid gossip, resentment, or fear, you keep the high watch for your consciousness. It is your responsibility not to allow another's negative mental suggestion to infiltrate your mind and heart. In this way, renunciation is preventive. If practiced enough, it can be developed into a permanent attitude of no no toward all that is untrue and negative so part of renunciation is knowing what you're saying no to so if you keep the high watch on your consciousness you don't have to have so much stuff play out in your life so he's saying avoiding the gossip the resentment and the fear allows you to keep a high watch on your consciousness but it also means not allowing other people's negative mental influence to as he says infiltrate your mind and heart so yeah, um, Sidney Portier um, has wrote something in his book years ago where he says, if two people are taking a walk, something unconscious happens. Either you speed up to keep up with the person, or you slow down to keep up with the person, or vice versa. If you're with somebody, are they trying to keep up with your pace? Are you or are you keeping up with their pace? Are you slowing down and speeding up for them? In other words, are they influencing your consciousness, consciousness in a way that's productive or destructive? It's important. And then you can see, see, but once you really, really develop your mind to a space to where you can say no to those things, then they can't even trigger you. It's a beautiful space when you can get to the place where the people that used to be able to really push your buttons discover that you don't have the button anymore. Because through the power of renunciation, 
you have taken back control of your consciousness. You can't be emotionally triggered. If you have someone right now or some ones that you have emotional issues with, in other words, uh, when you start talking about them, the stuff comes up. When you start thinking about what you've been through, what you that they're what they've done or what they're doing, you have some decisions to make on how you need to handle that. Because there's some situations and circumstances in life where if you're still dealing with things, either you have to transcend them, release them, or both. What do I mean? Transcendent means you can get to the space where you literally, it doesn't bother you anymore. Uh, It can't trigger you anymore. And you see them in a new light. You see them through the light of your empowerment. Or you release them. In other words, why am I allowing myself to be treated this way? And you keep it moving. Or both. See, but to be in the same situation or go through the same experiences over and over again and expect them to be different, but you're not different, is ridiculous. And it's insane. Absolutely insane. But you'd be surprised how quickly people change when you transform. The name of the show is Truth Transforms. So if you have that situation or circumstance that seems immovable, where it's been a decade or decades long problem, what is the consciousness that you're bringing to it? You know, I remember Reverend Coleman saying years ago on one of her uh, lessons that the reason why you ha- your mother-in-law is all in your business because you got to be all, a mother-in-law all up in your business consciousness. In other words, it's how you look at life. If you had your stuff in order, you had your mind in order, you had your pr- proper boundaries, you know what was should be done and what shouldn't be done, et cetera, et cetera, your consciousness wouldn't allow your mother-in-law to trigger you. Basically what she was saying, that was the gist of it. And 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 your consciousness will stop inviting her in. So that situation that you have a problem with right now, what do you bring into the table? What behaviors, what perceptions, what thoughts, what beliefs, what feelings, what emotions are you bringing to the table in, with the situation that you say right now is problematic? Are you willing to forgive? Are you willing to release? Are you willing to surrender? Are you willing to walk away? And see, here's the thing about walking away that I want you to make sure you get in. I'm going to cover the last part of this book. Many people walk away physically, but not mentally. Being away from somebody physically does not mean that you're mentally free, that you're mentally whole and complete with the experience of the person. So, you know, let's use an example of people with, um, that come back from war. And I I don't want to mispronounce the, 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 um, the mental diagnosis that they give people, uh, about the, you know, post-stress that people have coming back from war. 
They're not in Vietnam. They're not in Iraq. They're not in Afghanistan anymore. But they're feeling the effects of it. So a part of them is still in Nam. And a part of you is still in the relationship. When you're not free mentally, emotionally. A part of you is still in the parents who didn't do what they were supposed to do. In your opinion, in your mind. You're still in that job situation, a circumstance that you don't like. You're still in that situation with whatever happened with that business venture or with that money. You're still in that marriage, even though the divorce decree says you're you're no longer legally married. You're still in that organization you left because you didn't like the other people that were volunteering there. You still at that old church that you thought, you know, taught you stuff you didn't want or was too restrictive or whatever. You're still there. You got to free all of it. Now, you can be right or you can be free. But you don't get both. See, we want to be right. See, it's one of the things that we just don't like to acknowledge as people. For you to be wrong in my story, I have to be right. And for me to be right in my story, you have to be wrong. And I'm going to make you wrong no matter what. Now, that doesn't mean that doesn't excuse people's behaviors and their harmful words and things of that nature. That's why I said before, you either transcend it or you keep it moving. Or both. But to sit in something and don't be a change agent for it doesn't make sense. To be able, you know, to be able to have a communication about what that this person's words or actions does and what will be done to make sure that that doesn't happen anymore. And if that does happen, then this is how I will respond to it. Now, I don't mean respond like snapping, fighting, arguing, and all that, meaning this is what you'll do to make sure that you're taking care of your own wholeness. And and I don't mean have a hissy fit, uh, I'm upset, you did it again, and all that. I'm talking about empowerment. What will you do for your own empowerment? Back to the book. He says, your greatest opportunities for growth and your greatest challenges will come to you through other people. So it's paramount to remember that renunciation is your ability to forgive and release others. And he gives a ton of examples. But the key point is you must renounce any negative relationship with others so that you may respond rather than react. I love that. Respond rather than react. Loving response allows you to free others from your consciousness as a negative experience. When you release others, you release yourself. He says, any harboring of resentment change you to the entire limiting experience. You might be chained to a person that you haven't even seen in years. You might be chained to people who are deceased And you can never make physical amends. You can only get clear and free in your own mind. It's not the person that's doing it to you. It's your thoughts. Your thoughts. If you're not in the experience, physically, presently in the experience, if they're not right now in your face, but you're mad, 
then it's your thoughts. There's no danger. You're not in danger. It's your thoughts. The book goes on to say, on page 90, renunciation creates a vacuum when you are making room for spiritual where you are making room for spiritual awareness as you eliminate broken down opinions and false beliefs about yourself. Denial is a form of renunciation. A denial is a statement about something in your consciousness that you want to be rid of. If you are experiencing jealousy, make a statement that there is no room or need for jealousy in your consciousness. That's an example. Then be still. A vacuum is created and your soul is wait, but waiting to be fulfilled. It is important, therefore, that you have an affirmation about the truth of your being. For instance, I am the light and love and I am light and love and filled with the power of God. All right. If you do not have an affirmation, you eventually drift back into the jealous pattern. In other words, after you do the renunciation work, if you don't go forward, if you don't do some people call it law of substitution, replace it with the positive thought, belief, behavior, words, then you default back to the old negative programming. He goes on to say, renunciation is entirely an inner process. Do not try to deny away disease personalities and outer conditions. Denials are actually used on your own beliefs and attitudes, not on outer things. You are adjusting your consciousness to the good rather than trying to rearrange the world. Once you have come to understand this, you will make great strides in personal transformation. Your true self is the Christ self. Denials separate negative emotions from your true self and understanding. So what he's simply saying is you're denying, you're not denying the illness. You're denying the belief in the illness. The illness has power over you. That the audit is true. And through your consciousness transformation, you transform what appears to be the illness, the lack, the inharmony in your life to to harmony, love, peace, joy, health, well-being, prosperity, money or whatever. But make sure that, as I stated earlier, if you don't have this book. Buy it. Make sure you buy it. Make sure you buy it. How to use your 12 gifts from God by William Warch. Everybody who listens to this show should have this book. It is a must have in new thought because it'll teach you how to work with your consciousness and give you the tools, scriptures, affirmations, questions, a whole bunch of stuff. And keep working it. It is time for me to end the show. So God bless you. And next week, make sure you read the chapter on life as we wrap up how to use your 12 gifts from God. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. From mayhem to miracle, from disaster to divine, Rants to Revelations Radio finds the opportunities for spiritual growth in everyday moments. 
Drawing from current headlines to pop culture, Reverend Ogan blurs the lines between the sacred and the profane, bringing meaning to the meaningless with guests who are dedicated to transforming the world for good. Join Ogan live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central for Rants to Revelations Radio. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. From mayhem to miracle, from disaster to divine, Rants to Revelations Radio finds the opportunities for spiritual growth in everyday moments. Drawing from current headlines to pop culture, Reverend Ogan blurs the lines between the sacred and the profane, bringing meaning to the meaningless, with guests who are dedicated to transforming the world for good. Join Ogan live every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central for Rants to Revelations Radio. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 